This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. It's time. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the next episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I know that you're noticing that this is Ryan's voice. I hope you're noticing this is Ryan's voice. Else, Ryan would be really sad if you didn't. Anyways, this is Ryan <laughs> speaking, and it's another one of my choices for the episodes. And uh, <laughs> joining me occasionally, because I join them always, but occasionally, is Joe and Eric. Joe, Eric, hola. Hey. Welcome, hey. everybody. Thanks for having us tonight, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Especially this being kind of a... Well, wait, is this going to be... I guess this won't be our to us. It's it's the first time we're recording since the new year, but yeah, it yeah, won't technically be the first episode. We don't almost like happy new year, but I'd be process. that guy who yeah. did it two weeks later. Yeah. So well, actually, no. I think Dead End came out on New Year's, so that's our current episode at the moment as we're recording. Then we'll have Robot Jacks, and so this will be our third episode yeah. of the new year. So it's that weird shit. time differential. Yeah, if, we broadcast from the future. That's I've got it yeah. written down somewhere. I'll show you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so so what are we talking about tonight so we're gonna talk about arena that's yeah. we're talking about arena it's a 1989 uh film so it came out the same year that i was born so it's like cool i clearly didn't fucking see this when it came out have you gentlemen no i had never seen this one before fantastic i like the yeah I have the same short answer as no. I had never even heard of this until you mentioned it. And then I looked it up and went, yes, this is perfect to follow up as like a sister show to Robot Jocks because, well, for a bunch of reasons, actually. But I will let you continue with the description and then we'll we'll dig in. Short and sweet, how we like it. Um, so, yeah, this 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 show, is, like Eric's pointed out, uh, is very similar to Robot Jocks. Our last episode, if you haven't seen, if you haven't listened to that episode whatever that's fine we don't care so the but that was a movie about like you know countries fighting robots for war like a gladiator battle with giant robots with giant robots so this movie my my friends and fellow listeners uh is kind of like that it takes place in the future distant future space where you have essentially wrestling, boxing, fighting, gladiatorial matches in space with other aliens, and it's like, all right, that 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 that's that's what this fucking movie is. It's Rocky in space. Yep. 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 Yeah. So there's an entire like space station, essentially, that is uh, dedicated to this sport called. Uh, out of all things creatively titled the arena like the octagon so it's just like yeah that's what i should that's the modern reference it's the octagon in space yeah aliens and uh humans duke it out based uh yeah (laughs) just in the ring um it's pretty simple plot wise it's just about a young fighter finding his way to being champion of the arena yeah it's it's uh, what was it uh steven armstrong Ar- Steve, Steve Armstrong. Armstrong. It's like, yeah. does his arm I just stretch? I want to call him Stretch yeah. Armstrong, just because. Yeah. yeah, because they took you know like Steve Austin or <laughs> they found the blondest <laughs> haircut. Well, and that in his yeah. like Armstrong, he looked exactly like Stretch Armstrong too, like the blonde bowl cut hair. And maybe the, this was an origin story. It might it have been. been. Augmentation maybe. does happen, and <laughs> for these fighters, right. anyways. <laughs> what I find interesting is there's somebody uh, actually. There's a couple of people credited. For writing this movie one of them is uh danny bilson has actually reviewed um uh a film we've already reviewed which was the rocketeer yeah yeah i was just I a was few really years surprised later. by that like yep uh and paul DeMeo also another uh rocketeer writer so they they're they wrote this together and they wrote rocketeer and both of them have 
pretty great careers. They even worked on um, the comic book series of The Flash back in the 90s. We haven't done a DC reference in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. this came from people that know how to write. And what's really amazing is when you watch this, you would have no fucking idea. This is kind <laughs> of up there in the RoboJocks category of like, oh, I guess there's a story. Yeah. It's... This one has a bit more charm, in my opinion, than Robot Jocks, though. Robot Jocks has it where it counts. When it comes to robot fights and the cool stop animation and stuff like that, this one may, maybe lacks a little more in some of those areas. But, uh, yeah, and, and no, it's it's nowhere near a, like, Oscar award-winning screenplay or anything here, but um, it's got kind of those, like, benchmarks of kind of a, like, I don't know, like, 1970s kind of pulpy sci-fi comic book it does feel that's... to it because it's all just this space station kind of cram full of rubber mask aliens i kind of i i compared it to like, like... <laughs> watching uh it's kind of has like the creature designs and, and sets are a lot like a star wars show in the 90s yeah it's like if they made star wars on the budget of like star trek the next generation sorry early i next said star wars i meant like, star trek yeah night- yeah, Sorry. or like 1980s Doctor Who. That's like, exactly it's it. Just like, <laughs> it's like this is a yeah. movie with a TV movie budget. Well, I in my notes, I actually have, were the opening credits written by a ripoff of Star Wars or Mystery Science Theater 3000? Why not both? <laughs> Give it about two years. This will show up on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But the other, the other kind of reference I could think of with like watching this like it's like Rock'em Sock'em Battlestar Galactica the next yeah. generation yeah <laughs> yeah there you there go there it is <laughs> it's... Um, yeah it's it's got a really cool like vibe to it and I think that's what gets me through this because yeah the script is kind of stupid yeah yeah the dialogue's kind of stunted and it's got like B-movie kind of Empire Pictures <laughs> written all over it right we, did we mention that uh, this also is you know as it's we, as a sister show to uh, Robot Jacks is also an Empire Pictures movie produced by Charles Band You've... and scored by Richard Band and like you know all of that stuff that uh, they do. So literally the same group of producers that made Robot Jacks. Oh so yeah, there is that as well. And I'm glad you mentioned the music oh, because God. like at the big heroic <laughs> scene at the end, I mean my my wife was just kind of passing through in between rooms like as i was watching this so she wasn't watching it, but she, you know it's it this isn't a hard plot to pick up on no so at the end during the big you know victory thing um she's like is this supposed to be a good thing i can't tell because of the music <laughs> like it's really <laughs> sad i have it down in my notes that this music is especially hor- horrible uh the the, the 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 biggest cringe moment is being the it's a two-parter but it's technically the same thing is we're <laughs> we're jumping into a lot of points so there is, there is a dancer celebrity uh singer like character you know the classic femme fatale in space who's also a britney spears yes. kind of madonna like character because it's an 80s sci-fi movie she's yeah she's the femme fatale of this movie uh yeah dating the mob boss anyways uh jade, jade is the name of yeah the character, jade yeah. scenes when she's singing are just the music is horrible the song the ho- music is horrible if you could call it a song I, well I, I think I have the note that i actually wrote down is like at least they got this right about the future like there would be bad electronic music that is unlistenable it's like so they got that it's like if somebody who like loved dubstep went back in time and then told these people making the movie this is what dubstep is and they're like well i don't quite understand it let me try to reproduce that with a synthesizer yeah i don't get anything you just said but i'm gonna take it on face value and try to make that sound exactly it is yeah it is the seriously the most misguided like attempt at making quote-unquote future music that i've ever seen in a movie and honestly it's the low point of this entire movie like that this music scene is unwatchable you know (laughs) it's just like yeah i mean the director should have said to what's his name um richard band uh he was the he composed the score yeah well no i mean yeah yeah peter moon uh Peter Manugian. Manugian. There you go. You got it. Manugian directed it, but yeah, music fires. Peter should have said to Richard, you know, you can take it to Philip Glass. Maybe Kayona Scotsy. 
no yeah. further. Yeah. But he well, went This took it to Star Wars further. Holiday Special, but worse. So. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, because I the the, the hologram <laughs> dancing was pretty. You, you know what rough. I was actually thinking about? I was actually thinking about the scene in Dune, the movie Dune, which is only the one. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're Baron Horkonnen's just flying around, and his little minion is playing this horrifying accordion uh oh, fucking yeah. bagpipe like whatever it's just the most great nails on chalkboard sound and then then there's this i'm like never mind that was just like a that was just a scene for a brief second this music isn't just the hollow dance scene or her little show this is the score of the entire movie and it, <laughs> it leaves you very yeah. confused like joe uh his partner yes yeah, well the entire film does have kind of a uh, look and sound like it was filmed inside a barn a little bit, you know, yeah. It definitely a soundstage film, but yeah, they mm-hmm. they it sounds like it in a lot of places. You're right. Their sets yep. obviously were not the best designed for recording audio. No, it, it's um. I wanted to ask you, Eric, because you are the Hoovian, so you have seen decades of set des- sci-fi set designs, uh, both good and bad, with incredibly low budgets. How would you? Mm-hmm. rate this on your doctor who scale of set design and also compare it to robot jocks uh after that okay um actually i would rate this quite good i think this this goes above and beyond most of what you would see on um doctor who or e- even like stuff made for network television here in the u.s um they actually did quite a i don't know what it doesn't say what the budget was for this movie but i imagine it was fairly low just because of some of the other, uh, you know, um, obviously glaring things here that kind of point out it's a low-budget film. But I think it being that it was a, probably a small sound soundstage with a workable set, so they're, like, rebuilding different sets for different parts of the space station on the, on the soundstage. Yeah. I think they did a pretty good job of showing different spaces. The arena looks, looks good. Yeah. Um, you can, I mean, you could tell when they do, like, the big, like, look at the whole arena kind of thing that it's totally like a mat like a painting um you could tell that you know they cut away like the distant shots of the crowd and stuff are not necessarily legit like people but they have enough like cutaways to like crowd and stuff like it doesn't really stick out like worse than any other movie of the era where they would be doing something like this and they have uh like let me see i'm trying to just like through my memory count like there's at least four or five different like areas of this and they feel I think from a modern standpoint you could say that it doesn't like it doesn't have a lot of variety but when you're used to watching a lot of sci-fi from this yeah. era I think it feels distinct enough that you kind of you kind of buy that this is a space station it's not just a space right. stage like they they pull it off like kind of like when they show like the dingy areas for like playing off your example like when yeah. they're the lower slums of like, oh yeah, we live essentially closer to the engines or the reactor cores. Like we are, we are the hobo neighborhood of a space station. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is dirty. They have broken fucking. They've put thought into having like broken uh, ladders and shit as a joke. And like, oh, we found the the lower middle class. Yeah, just to real yeah. quickly like compare it to Robot Jocks. I think that it's very similar to Robot Jocks, but you get to explore this a lot more. Robot Jocks has a couple of corridors and then some apartments and that's and the one bar. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's about all you see and everything in Robot Jocks is just kind of stark and white. And this has a little more variety. Like like you said like the um the kind of upper crust part of the arena station certainly has that stark white you know futury look to it but then you get down to the guts of it where kind of the working class live and there's a lot more you know texture and color and um so yeah i I think it's got some it's at least got some thought put into it so i was very impressed with how they made it look like it was yeah so i was gonna ask joe actually and then feel free joe to build off of what eric said or if you want to go another way you're fine to do that but i was gonna ask like so Eric talked about the set and stuff, but what about the creature designs? What did you kind of think about that, Joe? Um, there were a couple of good ones. Um, the I'm I'm a fan of you know practical effects, especially creature effects. You know I like it when there's a monster mm-hmm. on the set, and so that was cool, especially when he's fighting. I think it's a creature called Sloth, <laughs> which is this weird yeah. long-legged thing. It, it's 
it's tall. It's a stupid design, but it's cool yeah. looking. But it's like a pointless design. Like it's gonna sit there the whole fight. It was weird, but um, it's cool to see that. So I, I couldn't crash it too much for that one yet. A majority of the creatures you see in this movie are, and I actually have it in my notes. Like wow. Thousands of years in the future, it's set in 4038. We've made contact with thousands of forms of alien life. Who would have guessed they're all essentially hominoids with weird heads? <laughs> they're all rubber you mask know, aliens, yeah. All rubber mask aliens. It's like, I I understand a few of those, but <laughs> throw in a couple more if you can. Um, yeah. But overall, it's, I thought it was... It's the Star Trek problem, like Star Trek being 99% hominid, you know, yeah. aliens. Um I think the the featured creatures in this movie were all really good. Yeah. And when I say really good, I, I'm still taking into consideration the budget and kind of what this is. Um, it's not, you know, it's not Stan Winston or anything, but I like them. But Joe's right. Like, a lot of the background stuff and the kind of people just kind of hanging around, it's, you know, throw a rubber mask on that guy, put a pig nose on that guy, put some horns on that dude, and we got a we got an alien bar. But there's a lot but of like with that being a criticism, yeah. isn't that kind of what George Lucas did in everybody's favorite sci-fi yes. movie? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just looking at like percentage of ones that aren't just mm-hmm. that. There were more. Like I said, I understand there being some, but throw in some other weird things I, that. You know, this one was pretty skimp on him. Actually, I think my biggest problem with the practical effects in this movie is the sound. <laughs> It'd be one thing if we had these aliens and they all... And oh, my thing God. that Star Wars did better is different sounds and voices and things and languages. These things, oh, the aliens kind of talk Actually, like this. Actually, I have yeah, down in my notes, true. and I'm glad you brought this up because I think I forgot about it entirely. Yeah, the aliens are incredibly fucking difficult to listen to. Uh, they're annoying. I had to turn on the closed captioning to understand horn. I had to, I almost had to do yeah. it with all of them from the beginning because they, they, if they don't do, they do the gravelly voice, but they also still run it through like a voice changer for certain ones. But they kept the gravel voice and it's at a whisper. And I bet they were told, like, it's the ones with the heavier prosthetics that kind of like, you might have to whisper this so the fucking prosthetics don't come off, but it's like, but make it deep. So the only instinct is but it's weird it's like i can't hear any of this and especially over the fucking music. i think that would have i think that would have worked better i think if they would have just had them you know hissing or pull a chewbacca just have them make a bunch of noises and have somebody go oh really i right. think that's what we should do you know yeah. that works or have subtitles we're all big kids you know um we're gonna fucking watch there's aliens ways fight, around Joe, it rather than make everything book. Right. How's but, the okay, reading going, Joe? How's the reading? I would be fine with a translator, <laughs> MacGuffin, whatever. Yeah. You know, um, just don't make the things all sound the same. It's especially just a scare, like a, a bad gravelly bear voice. You know, um, you know, you look at a character like Shorty though, who <laughs> isn't yeah. just. But again, there's this weird kind of squeaky gravelly voice, which was strange. But yeah. the same thing. And I would like to know if Shorty, who has four arms, do those extra arms have credits? Because I couldn't find any. <laughs> who, yeah, who, played the other arms. Arms. who played the other arms? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who played Shorty? I mean, Hamilton Camp played Shorty. He's a British actor and singer-songwriter. But I, I don't see any listing for... Shorties Maybe it's a person who's just like really dependent. Like I have another question about Shorty's position, and but um, for those of who don't who don't know, Shorty was the short order cook slash essentially like get him tiger type uh, coach. He, he was, was the a coach. Burgess Meredith he's the, and Rocky, you know. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's Mickey. the Mickey. He's, he's the, the Mickey, Mickey of, this of one. our main our main character. So moving on from that. Yeah. He just happens to have four arms and be from the planet. Nebulos, Nebulos, and has so. like what thirty six kids that he sends money to. Yeah, you know, so. he, we, we all, we get it. Wait, 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 wait. Have either of you seen any of the Rocky? Movies? I might have seen. Uh, I've seen enough. Seen I saw the f- all of them, but the recent like ones I haven't. Which I mean to see them, I just never have. But yeah. 
right, I haven't seen Rocky second. Balboa or the Creeds. But I don't know. Yeah, everything I don't know where seen. that was leading. Like, what was that interrogation? I was just curious because someone was like the Burgess Meredith character. I'm like, that's fucking Mickey. Okay, well, I forgot what his name was. I but, forgot okay. him too. Just I checking. His name okay, fucking fair, Mickey as well. fair. Fair. I mean, fair. I shouldn't have forgot it when I heard it. I was like, oh yeah. There, but, Joe, you know. your your suspicions I, are I'm confirmed. Checking. <laughs> just checking. Um, Anyways, I was going to ask the question about... Uh, I was going to call him Mickey now. Shorty. <laughs> Shorty. I forgot. You made me forget Shorty for Mickey. Anyways, Shorty. Um, I mean, come on. Have you guys actually seen Arena here? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to say about Shorty. Is my, my, my whole thing when I was watching Shorty is just like, okay, there's clearly another person inside of that costume. My question is, are they in the back or are they in the front? And depending on which mm-hmm. position, either way, they're probably somebody I who... I think get... it was a little bit of both, but... Uh, yeah, you know. I, and I'm... Yeah, because Shorty seems to be, like, needlessly... Short. Rotund. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and short. But here's my... No, short, of course, my... but... Shorty's either a short guy or he's a really tall guy. To get that nickname, you got to be one of those two things. So. Yeah. One of the my, two, My yeah. joke was going to be, because if that's the case, I think either, either front or back, either way, I think that person is like, I don't want to take credit. I'm good. I don't want anyone to know who was under there. So I don't get the question. Can you imagine doing the talk show circuit right, on Just that? like, oh my God, so you're, front, you're, you're Shorty's Arms from Arena, like on the red carpet of an ET event or whatever. And they're going like, I, I have to ask. I have to. You rec- recognize these arms? Like, yeah, these are. And they're like waving, like, yes, yes. I'm like, I, everyone wants to go. What, what? Ask, ask, ask your question, Alex. I, were you the front or back? I don't know for the questions. I'm fucking done here. Bye, I'm out. <laughs> and just walk off angrily because it's such a traumatic event. That's my little there, Joe. That's my little story for why yeah. Mickey's arms were yeah, in the no. credits. <laughs> a few minutes ago, you were saying if you haven't seen the movie and you're explaining some things. So I was going to say if you haven't seen the movie, it's usually the time when I would say, well, if you haven't seen the movie, go and check it out. It's free on Tubi, and it was. But unfortunately, Two. <laughs> it dropped just after the new year. Just after I finished watching this thing, uh, it dropped off of Tubi. So hopefully, it will return. They do bring bring stuff off and back. They do, um, yeah. But uh, I believe we were able to find a copy of this on YouTube. So if you're really dying to see yes. it, and I hope you should, or I hope you do before you listen to the show, um, do check it out on YouTube. But um, I'm sure we'll post that on all of our preview stuff. But yeah, it's anyway, worth a watch. It's not free yeah. on Tubi anymore. So we let we let you down this this week. But it's I don't know. I mean, I actually have to admit I found this one harder to stay attached to than robot jobs it's hmm. and that's not and, and and i think there are some there's there's enough similar themes where i was surprised by that uh one of the themes that's present in both is uh the issue of underwear because in <laughs> robot jocks apparently nobody wears any and in this one they wear really weird i feel underwear. like all they wear is underwear it's yeah. like they're wearing their underwear and the underwear from robot jocks that wouldn't be worn when that movie was going and to it's, get made. And it's legal in its league I standard. Mean, essentially, yeah. Steve Armstrong mm-hmm. spends most of this movie in his underwear. Yeah. So I do want to point out a cool thing about the concept here with the fighters, and that's the idea of implementing a uh, athletic like handicap on it, mm-hmm. where okay, so you've got different creatures from around the galaxy around the universe or whatever and they're fighting well clearly some are going to be more powerful like stronger bigger than others so they like shoot you get shot with this like ray essentially while you're fighting yeah it's a yeah and it it reduces neutralizes you guys or your equal fighting equal abilities with a beam of light indicated by red and blue just like our just like our elections i think (laughs) this pretty much was their elections isn't this where like they win alaska (laughs) Um, other movie, nuts. No, yeah, no. Yeah. This one was just for last honor. week, Ryan. Last week, yeah. um, uh, and money. But course. no, it is a cool concept. I think. I think it's actually pretty interesting. Like, yeah, I, I think the whole arena fight thing. I mean, not the whole thing is a cool concept. It was essentially a boxing movie set in a sci-fi setting. But yeah, the handicapper is a really cool concept. Um, and the fact that the kind of the, the way the plot works, you know, with the uh, Rogar, who is the the big bad in the movie is uh you know tampers with the hand that's the way they were going to wipe out steve armstrong is this you know steve armstrong in this movie is the first human fighter who has come onto the scene in like decades at this yeah. point um 
and so he's kind of like you know getting all those earthlings riled up and you know coming back and taking a shot at the championship look a white blonde guy with blue eyes yeah, yeah. the aryan superhero we needed yeah <laughs> beating up on all the monstrous looking others right but oh my god um, shit this whole movie became an allegory <laughs> for fas- fascism uh specifically uh, yeah, nationalism I, mean, I suppose or just racism however compared yeah, to robot jocks, i feel like this isn't as <laughs> there's an intentional element yeah i don't feel like it plays that way because steve armstrong's not a bag of dicks no. like achilles is so he's actually for a movie like this although he is very much your stereotypical flash gordon blonde haired blue eyes great white hope um you know movie hero but he's not he's not a douche no. <laughs> like, to, to, to lack of he's kind of words, a dope but yeah anything. yeah a bit but his heart seems to be like in the right place. He doesn't do a well, whole, you know. But the whole reason that he um, joined the fights is so he could get Shorty out of debt, which mm-hmm. would have resulted in Shorty being killed. But he got into this for like, yeah. like. So I think that helped to this movie, like versus Robot Jocks, is the the protagonist. It had a very likable protagonist. I know it's probably it's a little bit different kind of a movie because you had to kind of be on his team because he's going to be your Rocky character that's going to build up to you know fight the championship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that made it a little. I mean, fairly enjoyable. And I didn't think the the script was not always great, but I don't think the acting was terrible. Terrible. Uh, I especially enjoyed Hamilton Camp as Shorty. Um, and I really wanted to talk about um, Armin Shimmerman as Weasel in this movie. And if you you guys didn't recognize our, um, Armin Shimmerman, he is uh, best known as Quark from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, who is a famous character, the Ferengi bartender. Er- Eric, he's not the only one from DS9. Oh, yes, I know. Rogar. Um, Rogar, uh, yeah, yeah. we have. Which is, I'm trying to look at what his actual name is, uh, Mark Alamo? I think so. Alamo? Yeah, Alamo? who played uh, the yeah. main bad of the entire run? Yeah, Golducat. Yeah. yeah. Um, something about him in silver paint. They just want to put him in silver paint. Um, <laughs> yeah. I see it now that you mentioned. Yeah. It. Yep. Yep. Now, but that's the thing. Like they, they both played their characters from uh, DS Nine, <laughs> <Yeah>. essentially. <laughs> um. Well, you do know that Shorty Hamilton Camp was also in Deep Space Nine, apparently. I wouldn't be surprised by that. I wouldn't be surprised some of these aliens showed up on Deep Space Nine. He's in... I know I recognize him from being, like, a TV character actor. Well, he was also in one episode of Voyager and two episodes of Deep Space Nine. Not surprising that this takes place in a space station. Yeah, I know I've seen him on some TV shows, just in, like, bit parts and character roles. I'm familiar with him. Yeah. I mean, his character is designed to look like something straight out of the Christmas special from Star Wars. I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking about the three-armed cook. But going back to silver paint, <laughs> I was going to say Rogar's silver paint was like one of the most... Yeah. Like, I would say most of the makeup design for the creatures was at least creative on a budget. Like, I'm leaning more towards the Eric route of just like... There was a, a dense amount of alien diversity. I was just like, I given Joe's right, there were most of that diversity just people with animal parts somewhere on their face but there was a high ratio of different types of aliens and you know younger versions of those aliens kids and shit or older versions and it's like eh, they put more they put a lot of thought in this but that's a different thing but rogar's fucking silver face makeup is where they just like lost the money <laughs> it was like the worst application of makeup <laughs> yeah yeah it looked like he was sweating it off almost all the time or it was like kind of like oh my yeah. god yeah, yeah. Like, to the point where I'm like, I don't think he's an alien. I just think he's a humanoid person who has a silver fetish. Like, he's like Goldfinger. Yeah, who paints himself silver. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't tell with him. I couldn't tell if he was human and just, like, maybe he's just a weird future thing. Yeah, I actually kind of, like, my brain kind of put it into the character, like you were saying, Ryan. Like, it's something he does to himself or did to himself or it's some kind of... Like, it never once looked like his skin. <laughs> it looked, like, painted on somehow, so, yeah. Maybe maybe he has a medical condition. Maybe it's makeup. Maybe that's, you know, thousands, 2,000 years from now, that's... <laughs> I mean, that's your glam. We, we just, it, it expanded from the glitter eyeliner, yeah. or her eyeshadow, I mean, just to the full-on face. <laughs> I mean, it's 2,000 years from now. Can you imagine what 
what fashions are. I mean, we're surprised. I'm surprised everybody's wearing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but we're still, but we still have situations. I mean, that was something I did have to put in, the, in my notes about this. Kind of jumping back a little bit to the the effects is that this this is kind of like any mascot performer or actor or whatever you call somebody who is a mascot character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It's like a mascot actor's worst nightmare. It's essentially a movie about douchebags beating the shit out of people in cheap rubber um, suits. But that's what you want to watch. <laughs> and it's, having it's been somebody in an, and having and have somebody who's been in a mascot suit, that sucks. Bold confessions. <laughs> I did not think about it from that angle, but um, yeah. yeah it, but it, I mean, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> uh, excluding Joe's uh, childhood trauma here from my statement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like with robot jocks you watch it because you want to watch fucking robots probably men in robot suits fight each other mm-hmm. whereas with this movie i'm like yeah i want to watch men in star trek style suits fight each other like this is starch this is the fun parts about star trek without the politics and like cool this is just the best parts mm-hmm. of a star trek episode thrown together <laughs> yeah it does have a really like star trek feel about the whole thing but yeah no it's it's i was really impressed with kind of the like i think it's more of that i don't i just don't see sci-fi like this anymore it sets me right back into like a certain place in time and it's really this this period in that late 80s early 90s really when when you know trek was blowing up again as well um when when next generation was getting to be a popular television show and um the I don't know. There's just something about it. Like, and, and yeah, it looks cheap nowadays and, you know, it's kind of soundstage space stations and rubber masks and stuff. But there's something to me as somebody like was a fan of sci-fi growing up, like the, something a little bit magical about it. <laughs> so this like a right, right away kind of appealed to me because of its, I don't know, like it, it appealed to those roots right away. Um, and I thought they pulled it off. Like, it wasn't just a total, like, I've seen some totally inept ones, and this one's right in the middle. Like, it's probably not the best ever, but I think in the end they pulled it off. Like, this is an extremely ambitious movie, and I know I shouldn't, like, throw it extra bones because of its ambition, but man, on a budget, like, that they're making this thing on to do this kind of, with the with the amount of alien diversity, to pull off arena alien fights, um... Honestly, I, I'm getting more and more impressed the more I dig in, and I always knew I was kind of a fan of Empire Pictures, even though their their movies are, you know, they're B movies, right? They're never like great masterpieces of any sort. But I'm getting more and more impressed with the ambitious stuff that they were able to pull off on, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Robot Jocks, I was impressed with those same kind of aspects. It's not a great movie, but there's definitely some watchable stuff about it. So, well, that's kind of like mm-hmm. the appreciation of cinema in a way. It's like you appreciate the movie, not necessarily for the movie, but you appreciate the effort uh, put into the craft. Like mm-hmm. you got a small budget, and this I know that you do. I can see it, but I can appreciate the creative attempts uh, to a scale and degree. I don't know, Joe. Well, what do you... and I, it, I think it shows too. In I don't know. For me, it's amazing how I can watch a movie and not really be into it. I'm not buying the effects. The lighting's bad. The sounds bad. But then there's that shot, and maybe it's only. 10 seconds or less but there's a shot that just kind of sells what they're trying to push at you you know like you can have the 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 punching of the rubber suits and stuff and you can see like the whole face vibrate or whatever and it takes you out you can see miles within miles and you're trying to make that some kind of fanfic it's like no 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 that's part of the alien (laughs) yeah when you can see where the makeup and the mouth isn't lining up right yeah but then there's that pull away shot maybe it's just a pickup shot or something and you see like the full creature and there's a subtle movement in a tail or a foot or a toe or something and it just sells it for you then and you're willing to overlook that other stuff because that shot you know i think it's because when we when we watch these scenes and we're 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 watching a story right we're trying to absorb all the elements before we can really kind of connect with that story to some degree yeah and all it takes is one good shot so my question to you is did arena have that one good shot for you it it had a few that just stick in my head like what what would they be it's actually that the i i think it's i think the creature no i'm god damn it i have to google it um 
I think it's called the Sloth. The, the, the sloth. creature's called Sloth. sloth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the first yeah. one he fights. Mm-hmm. Ideally, the yeah. best fight in the whole yep. fucking movie. That big-ass thing, even though the, the, the design is stupid, <laughs> you know, like from a biological <laughs> yeah. perspective, like, this doesn't work. Why is it just sitting there? Um, it's part of its handicap, I, Joe. I liked it a lot better. You know, when you look at the cover poster for Arena and it's him fighting one of the sparring creatures, which I can't remember its name, yeah. which is obviously just a fat guy in a, or a guy in a fat suit and this big monster thing, right? And But there's, like, nothing going on. I mean, this the whole creature design of the sloth doesn't make any sense. He's got tiny little arms and huge legs. Well, well he's got, like, a worm body but, attached to, like, rabbit legs. It's a, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the Ed Bug in the first Men in Black movie. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> yeah, some similarities way. to that. But it's a big creature on the set, and it... You know, if the whole if the whole scene of the whole fight scene would have just been the close-ups, I don't think it would have worked as well. There's a few cutaways where you see the whole arena. That sells it. Yeah. In a weird, subconscious way. Do you know what kind of reminded me of? those kind of Korean uh, underground fighting films. Oh, yeah. Where everything's like, you feel like you're watching like an underground fight where the it's a small arena that's densely packed with shouting people. It's smoky. It's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a bright fucking light in the center for the fighters. But it's like, it's just so minimal where all you can watch is the, uh, the, two, fighter, the two fighters and this heavenly light on them while they're in this black abyss and i'm like that kind of feels like i got focus like if you're watching a fight when you're focused in on it you're not recording the information of the people so that void kind of makes sense like given it's probably just part of like you know it's it's a very simple set design they have it has to be but done in such a way where it's like if you do the fight well um it really works I mean, I enjoyed the sloth fight. That's the that's the best fight. Yeah, but... that's that's probably the best one. The, the the last the last one, the climax of the film. Although I think is effective, focuses more on like the you know what's going on in the movie, the handicapper and all the yeah. other stuff. They don't actually do a whole lot of actual fighting in that fight. So, so I would argue that actually, compared to Robot Jocks, anyways, this this movie actually had a pretty it's it's a simple story, but it's an actual story. And it's like you can believe the characters' motivations, um, especially, uh, uh, or at least I'm not gonna say especially, but I, I just want to give a short shout out to our one of our, our our main female character, who is a competent female character. In fact, his coach, um, mm-hmm. what's her name? And I can't. Yeah. Like she, uh, I want um, to give her a her quick. Name, her name is actress is Claudia Christian, who played Quinn in the movie. Quinn, yeah, I. Because we're t- looking at robot jocks and looking who their main character, who their female character was. We talked about that level of ridiculousness and lack thereof of character and unfairness. Um, for Once again, for the listeners, listen to the episode. We don't have time for the talk about it here. Watch the <laughs> other one. Yeah. Or listen to the other one. You can watch it too. Just be harder. Um, no, I was going to say, but with Quinn, I mean, I have strong thoughts. What are your guys... I have strong thoughts by comparison to Robot Jocks. Let me just leave it at that. But what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, by comparison to Robot Jocks, I, I think, yeah, I, it's night and day. Um, Robot <laughs> yeah. Jocks, it's, as, you know, we go into depth last week, has has a potential of having an interesting female character, but it doesn't ever deliver on the potential. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn, although not well-developed in no. the movie, is shown as being a, you know independent businesswoman who's running this ring of fighters that she inherited from her father. She's also kind of fighting. Um, she's an entity and she's winning, but she's fighting back against the system, you know, kind of like Rogar and the corruption in the arena. And she is given like this really great position as a manager, although they certainly develop that there's going to be some sort of romantic um, yeah. thing towards the end. It's it's never like explicitly played um, I guess until like the end, but um, she's not played as a like damsel in distress at any point. She's not played as the romantic interest necessarily. We have Jade there for the, um, although she's you know certainly the femme fatale of the movie. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. For for 1989 and this type of movie, I think she's a pretty solid character. Um, is it is she perfect? No. no. Is she like you know, the perfect representation of everything you know? A, I think a female viewer want to see in a sci-fi film. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to ask a female viewer, but I would say no, probably not. But <laughs> um, no. So, but yeah, I mean, 1989 in this kind of a movie. Um, you could do a lot worse. We we've seen a lot worse. So. Yeah, certainly have, Joe. Um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of that ahead of its time. Yeah, there's a small amount of progressive ideas. You know, yeah, I think Robot Jocks was was made to pander to an audience, and and I think one of the things about Empire films in general is they were willing to um, take some some risks with things, and sometimes it's in weird storytelling or just weird ideas but sometimes it's in filmmaking in general or just themes and tropes and doing something different within within a film um and i think it yeah that, that was definitely a thing that worked really well here and it stood out because of how unique it is yeah. among films especially made around this time yeah it's definitely um it's definitely not a it's a simple concept that isn't surprisingly explored a lot that being like caged fighting in space with aliens it's like wow why is that not done enough like you get like a well brief... i mean how many times does it need to be done but i was you know i mean i could argue that this could be a redone movie oh sure um, i agree it could be but... um i was referring more to like the some of the the progressive themes where you've got like you know a, a female a strong female lead and she's like the coach and that was cool yeah um, and like that's yeah that stood out in an otherwise kind of simple predictable story um and you also have a main character who is a fighter who they do actively show he doesn't really fight he doesn't start fights he only fights as a last resort yeah Mm -hmm. which is cool yeah um yeah i find him to be a likable protagonist actually he is he's a knight he is not a dick (laughs) i don't know the whole movie kind of reminded me of like the justice league meta brawl storylines (laughs) <laughs> you know because it's like oh here's something non-human fighting something not you know like alien or metahuman or whatever fighting another and it's this underground kind of thing even though this is like supposed to be popular it's still like its own entity and it, it the the idea didn't blow me away like ooh, people fighting aliens in space yeah i bet you'd do that you know it just didn't it didn't shock it, it didn't excite me in that way i guess but um, it. I guess the more I think about it, the more like, yeah, that seems like it'd be a common trope, but it's not as common as you'd think. So, <laughs> okay. So here's a, here's here's a major downfall compared to. I I know I keep comparing this movie to Robot Jocks, but this is like it's it comes. Fair. It's fair. <laughs> like it it made this review. Um, that's what made this kind of review come forward, and this is what kind of adds to this whole exploration of sci-fi combat. Uh battle movies in the 80s um is this movie in its third act fails miserably it doesn't fail miserably it's just boring as fuck for like a fighting movie versus robot jocks where i would argue that most of that movie actually irritated the i wasn't bored with it i was irritated by the fuck of everything else going on but it was kind of like watching a cool car crash because of how stupid things were uh, whereas this is like, wow, it's actually fairly competent. Arena is a fairly competent movie. There's likable characters, as we just discussed. They're not the greatest, but we like them. The sets are like, there's, I can appreciate this. Um, the story is actually there and understandable. Good character motivations. Uh, but then there's the third fucking act. I'm like, wow, you're a fight movie where you have gladiators from different like alien species fighting each other. And for some reason, your final fight is the most boring complicated uh too much shit going on at once situation where it's just like but i'm bored like i want to watch the two fucking robots fight like there was no story anymore you're just purely watching robots fight and it had its fucked up weird ridiculous moments in space um and then ends with two fucking grown men uh, i swear to god they fucked <laughs> two episodes in i'm still stating it after credits turn up the volume anyways this movie is just like oh my god i'm now looking away like it's just i don't know 
that's how I'm starting off with Act Three, uh, and and I have one other question involving it. But guys, start. I've been rambling. Well, I don't uh, know. I go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was gonna say. I think I disagree. Actually, fascinating. I think, I think it's different. I think you're right about the like action and the fight. If that's what if that's what you want out of it, then Robot Jocks has a better third act. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's 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 a bad third act. I think it just doesn't. It is weird that it doesn't focus on the fight as much. Like there's all this other stuff going on. Too much. But yeah. I think it. I think it's built up enough that it do, it makes sense because there is other stuff going on in the story. Like, you know, you have the whole subplot of like Skull and Weasel messing with the uh, handicapper to make you know um, Steve Armstrong really like weak and like. To the point where he's just getting, you know, horns just beating the crap out of him. Well, and, well, uh, they they actually started off with he gets drugged by Jade to the point where he's gonna die. They revive yeah. him, and you're like, you're maybe at like sixty percent at best. You sure you want to still fight this monster? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, okay, so that's the thing. And then it's like, now we're gonna tamper with the actual when he finds out when they find out he's holding his own. They're like, okay, now tamper with the fucking machine. Which, by the way, I have in my notes. What? What an like they say. Never has been. Never in the history of fighting has this ever been able to do before. And you want to do it? Yes. Well, do it. And it find you. You kind of find out it's actually a fairly simple thing to do. There's like no fucking guards. <laughs> they just, like patch in with like yeah, no guards yeah, or anything. Just, they just plug patch in. in with... You don't even have to be there to plug like plug in like, directly. You can have your friend pr- plug you in, and you can just be connected through the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Which is what yeah. essentially is going on. But yeah, no guards, no personnel, no nothing. It seems pretty fucking easy. But I don't know. So I think the whole climax of the story works. It's not the most exciting fight. The best fight in the movie is the sloth fight. But since it it's is. there, I think it's still like this still works. It wraps everything up nicely. You know, he wins the championship. Yeah, maybe you want a little more epic battle or something. But and to be- I don't think there was ever going to be an epic battle between Steve and Horn anyway, because it would have just looked like a boxing match with a guy in a mask. But no, I think they should have switched the monsters, honestly, because I think you have the him start with an opponent around his size but taller, like Horn. But then his final fight is with a monster. When you look at it, go like, how the fuck is he going to fight that? And then have that be. But that's my argument. You you work your way up. You don't start with your big load and then end with a small finisher. I don't know, Joe. Um, I think again, if they would have done some, I I think that would have been interesting. Like switch it around where, you know, maybe beating what is this Rogar? Um, Rogar is a silver guy. Yeah, Rogar okay, is essentially the um, mob boss. Horn. 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 Yeah. yeah. I think, like, have him beat Horn relatively early on to show that, okay, yeah, Horn's this badass, and he beats him, so he's good. Yeah. And then throw in some other creature effects. Instead of that stupid training exercise, have that weird monster thing he's fighting. Have that be a real fight. Um, and then when you get to the slot, do it. You know, I don't know. I think one or two shots of stop motion would have, would have really turned that ending into something cool. Actually, here, yeah. we, we, we switch it up. The final fight, surprise uh, entry. It's one of the robots from Robot Jocks. <laughs> Full on stop the motion. The one with the chainsaw dick. The one with the. <laughs> Joe, it's is Alex- there any yeah. other fucking robot worth fighting? No. No. <laughs> it's Alexander Vanilla's bad fake Russian. Yeah. You know what? Russian German. German. Call it. Yeah, he- German, German Russian. Fu- like, on, on that East German Russian. London. Yeah, the, he is the every Eastern European. Uh, but no, actually, Joe, that's a very fucking good point. Here you have a character fighting a guy named Horn, who literally has like half of his body is is cybernetic, the other half looks like an ugly bull fetus. Anyways, cover four sets of horns has a metal cod piece. Yet you decide not to give him like a drill dick. We get chainsaw dick from a robot. Nobody fucking expected chainsaw dick. But looking at Horn, like he has to have a chainsaw dick. A drill bit dick at least. Nothing. Wasted opportunity. I think that's where it like I started writing down in red, like failing grade. Like, where's the chainsaw yeah. dick? And just my own blood. <laughs> Pretty much every movie besides Robot Jacks is ruined for you now, so Robot Jacks, all it's gave me was a good final act with Chainsaw Dick. A good old and... Yeah. I mean if this movie would have ended with like a fight like a uh, Mortal Kombat fatality in the form of like a fiston. Sure, but no. 
It's just like, oh, look, I get to see this fucking muscular, blonde, blue-haired, white dude, which most of those things I'm not. Like, I'm not connected to this character. Get his ass kicked and then manage to win. I'm like, yeah, I've never seen an Aryan beat me in a fight before. Yeah, but at, <laughs> least, it had an at least it had an ending and they didn't just, you know, call they it had, quits. And they actually had a fucking ending, yeah. Crash and burn, but uh-huh. anyway... Anyways, that's this feels like a good transition into grades, and I feel like it, uh, you guys are going in the directions I expected, though interesting. Um, but <laughs> I, I I'm gonna start off actually with Eric, and then I want to go to Joe. So Eric. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's fairly obvious from the way I've been talking about it. I enjoyed this movie a whole lot more. Well, maybe a whole lot more than I should, but I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it. It was this cool little sci-fi. I don't know if it's quite worth calling a treasure, but certainly something I was not aware of that I'll, you know, so that's always fun to see um, something that, you know, came, certainly came out when I was, you know, young and would have been into it then, but I never did see it. So I honestly think the costumes are good for the most part. The sets are cool. Like it, they pull this thing off. And so I'm kind of in awe of like just the ability to pull something this off on shoestrings and, you know, make it work and, is it the, is it a perfect movie? No, it's got a, it's got almost just as many issues as Robot Jocks. But is it a watchable, entertaining movie? I'd say yes, and I I would recommend this one. So I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna give it the same grade as Robot Jocks because I'm gonna I'm gonna detract from it in a few places and you know some some acting issues. There's that god awful music, um, and but yeah, in general it's likable. I'm gonna go with a B plus. That's the same grade I gave Robot Jacks. I think it's got the same amount of watchability, even though there's some you know, there's certain certainly some aspects that aren't perfect about it. But I can definitely Yeah. That's that's a very fair uh, analysis. How about you, Joe? Um you know, I I, I like that it's I, I like the, the the idea of this type of a science fiction movie. You know, like okay, let's do alien brawls in space or something like that. But um, it ultimately feels like it was written by a kid playing with He-Man action figures back in 1988, 89, and it it shot the way that you would expect it to be shot if it was based on that. Uh, I can't get my head around how within a year of this coming out roger corman's fantastic four movie couldn't get released but this did uh because i've seen that and yeah it's bad but it's no worse than this yeah so in fact in some aspects kind of more charming but that might be personal (laughs) i i don't hate this movie by any means okay um but i just don't think it's it's for it to call it an original idea is is kind of like yeah but is it i mean this is the kind of shit you're going to see you know in a in a time of action figures ultimately it's going to be how about we brawl crazy looking monsters together but they're not even that crazy looking in the like we just talked about the the most impressive one is so much off timing um I, I guess overall I'm going to give this one a C minus. Yeah. Um, I think both both this if we want to compare this and Robot Jocks, I'll say that this one does. Uh, you know, it has its its points. It's a fun movie. I'll say that if it, this is a good one to drink with friends and all that, but or just hang out with friends and make fun of it. Uh, but that being said, I think Robot Jocks does a more interesting world building. This is something that could be in any universe. You know, this is like any world. They, they've the world building they do in this. I feel like is very, very um, specific to this kind of arena thing. Well, robot jocks, you know, focusing on Earth, but kind of showing a different what if in the in a timeline. Um, I just felt that personally for me, that world building was more intriguing where i wanted to see more this i feel like i could kind of see anywhere um so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a c minus on it okay yeah i'm not surprised by that (laughs) (laughs) like like pretty much if i had chips down betting on this i'm like yep the the grades the sentiment and the feelings went exactly how i thought this was gonna go (laughs) um we're predictable so this movie for me is a movie that I did see on like it was on Stars randomly when I was 
I want to say 16, 17. I didn't think I was going to get into it. And I didn't necessarily. I'm like, but I watched it on a lazy Sunday. And it's just like, that was fun. I remembered this. And then, like, I had this on our list as, like, this would be a perfect movie to review if it's our niche. Our niche. Niche. Nietzsche. It, may, it fits our existentialism. Um, <laughs> just well. And, and um, so. When I saw it on Tubi, right when we were watching Robot Jocks, I'm like, I had to jump on this opportunity. And fucking lucky that we did, because fucking soon as I saw it show up, it fucking left just as quick. Um, yeah. It was only up for like a month, honestly, because I was looking for this. Because like I haven't seen it again, and I wanted to see it again, and this time under this kind of context. And so I got to share this movie with, with somebody, with people, who I've never got to share this movie with. Um... And it's like, yep, this worked out exactly how I thought it was going to be for myself as well. It's like, yep, yep, I enjoyed this, but I'm not blind to the faults. The music is awful. The dialogue is not good. It's better than some of the films that we've watched, like Robo Jocks, but not always. Uh, I do watch, <laughs> I do enjoy watching Shorty uh, just for the fact that he looks like a four armed Bilbo Baggins and just equally as much as like, how is your effect working is just the most fascinating thing to me. Cause it's like, it's a simple one, but it's an uncomfortable one to think about. It's like, who's in the rear end of a horse costume kind of question. Um, <laughs> like, the, like a rehorse, like a rehorse. Hey, we have a rehorse. We have a rehorse, rejoke, repeat. Um, everyone take your shots. We're sponsored by them now, apparently. So, oh, we're not. Well, scratch that from the record so um i think it's a fun concept i'm also a person who loved dragon ball z or and various other animes like that so like that's where you get to watch characters and martial arts tournaments fighting monsters yep. it's fucking fun to watch and just as weird and corny so it's like it's it's very it's even if you're someone who enjoys this that this movie is one of those rare opportunities where you do get to see it actually done in a movie with cost humans in costumes like it's like watching a kaiju film fighting an actual full-bodied person is it going to be good no none of those movies are good but you do it because you want to watch it and when they show it they it's fun however funny enough that's the, actually the downside of this movie is they don't rely on that enough they don't do it enough they have all this diverse aliens in the fucking crowd that can easily just be thrown into the rain the story could be way more compelling of having like you know someone starting from nowhere and truly working their way up on their grit alone um but this movie doesn't really it kind of does get lost in its own simple plot funny enough and it for me, it kind of jumbled up the third act, and I think things could have been done over. Um, but that being said, like, I enjoyed this movie. I'm glad I shared it. I would love to share it again. I'm not, like, super enthusiastic about sharing it again. But I'm just, like, if it ever pops up, I'm like, hey, let's get drunk and watch that mm -hmm. as a family. Um, <laughs> but I would say, like, if they ever have a remake of it, my only uh, argument and, and criticism is... It needs to be more 80s. But I'm talking about like 80s style wrestling. I'm talking about Macho Man Flair. Like full, like take it, like just, I want, I want 80s wrestling in space. That's what they fucking should have done. Not just have the aliens in their costumes, but also have Horn dressed in a flamingo pink robe wearing a cowboy hat and a pair of sunglasses that say madness. If you're gonna go, go all uh, out. Go all yeah. out. I want to see Sloss fucking like like outfit. You know he's rocking some kind of shorts. But anyways, um, so my grade ultimately is actually B plus. It's it's the same as Eric's. Like I'm not gonna say this movie is fucking grade A. Now Ro Robot Jocks was a fucking D, but that final fight gave it an A. Hence the A D it got for me. This movie is what <laughs> it is, and it gets a B plus. It's not that divisive. So. Anyways, thank you for listening to our episode, and I'm going to pass it over well, to these guys. Yeah, we would love to know what your thoughts are on Arena, if you've seen it. By the way, we will be including a, a link we'll share around of the YouTube uh, channel where that one is being shown. Or if you've seen it elsewhere, what are your thoughts? Do you 
how do you compare this one to Robot Jocks? Which one of those two do you think you prefer? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And you can send those thoughts, any questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkyard Podcast at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod. And of course, you can always find us on Facebook at the Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook group or the main Video Junkyard Podcast page. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we want to thank you once again for checking out the Video Junkyard Podcast. Please feel free to share us around. Uh, I know that always sounds so weird when I say it. Only around family gatherings. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean, and I mean it in both ways. So we want to thank you once again. And until next time, this is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskill saying, there's an old saying, when it's over, it's over. And guess what? It's over. Have a good night. (laughs) You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash videojunkyardpodcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>